Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. I would hope that also with what we do here, we would inspire other Vietnamese to speak up, speak out, and share their story. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. I am Anna Jaworski and a heart mom. My son, Alexander, was born in 1994 with a single ventricle heart. He is my inspiration and the reason I'm the host of your program. Today's show is entitled Three Generations, Heart Warrior, Her Mom, and Her Daughter. And our guests are Kim Dang, Lisa Dang Colville, and Serenity Ann Colville. We'll start today's program by learning a bit about Kim's journey from Vietnam to America and becoming a heart mom. Then we'll talk to her daughter, Lisa, who loyal listeners might remember. And finally, we'll meet Lisa's daughter, Serenity. Kim Dang was born in Vietnam in 1941. She came to America in 1975 as a refugee after the Vietnam War, where she lived with an American-sponsored family. Kim found a job with a sewing company and met her husband in 1977, and two years later, they became parents to Lisa, born in 1979. Lisa was born with multiple heart defects, including double outlet right ventricle, or DORV, severe subpulmonic stenosis, and patent ductus arteriosus, or PDA. Lisa had two surgeries at three months of age and at six years of age, and Kim quit her job to take care of her. Due to her limited English, Kim struggled to understand her daughter's heart problems. Kim started volunteering as a Buddhist nun with Hyung Sen Buddhist Temple after her husband passed away. She is grateful that Lisa has the support she needs for her cardiac care. Lisa was recently on Heart to Heart with Anna, sharing her love of writing and poetry. Lisa is a devoted Christian wife and mother to 8-year-old Sean and 10-year-old Serenity. Her daughter Serenity will be joining us for the third segment. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Kim. Hi, Anna. How are you? Oh, I'm so great, and I'm so excited to meet you. I feel like I already know you from your daughter telling me such beautiful things about you. But let's start by introducing you to everyone else and have you talk to us about your new life in the United States. All right. What was it like coming here from Vietnam? Oh, did all right. I think we come here, we don't have no worry about war, and we live safely. Mm-hmm. Then I'm happy. Now, did you speak English when you came to the United States? Uh, not really. So how was it that you were able to get the travel to go from Vietnam to the United States? Oh, well, that time we go on the boat, and we go on the ocean, and the American... They get the boat and they bring us to come here. So we live at Pennsylvania. The camp at Pennsylvania. 
So you lived in Pennsylvania. That's where I was born. Yes, I will, at least I was born in Pennsylvania too. Then after that, she very sick. Then doctor recommend we come live here with the warm weather. I have some friend here, then I come here. And by here, you mean California, right? Yes, this California. Right. Well, let's go back a step and let's talk about when you got pregnant with Lisa. Did you find out when you were pregnant that Lisa was going to have a heart problem? Oh, no, doctor. No, no. After I have her, then she can suck the milk and they have to feed her by tube by nose. Then after that, they not find out nothing. They have to send her to the Philadelphia hospital. That's why they testify now she have heart problem, but she was not ready in Pennsylvania, the small town, the hospital. They not find out yet. So when you were carrying Lisa, when you were pregnant with Lisa, was everything going along normally? Ah, uh, yeah, there was no more. But uh, you know what? Yeah, doctor checked me every week if something happened to me because I get old. I'd be 39, have something like that. I, I get first time. Not that, that, you know, people normal one, two weeks, or I have to go every week, every week. Wow. But um, I don't say nothing to her. She's sick, nothing. They test for the, the, I think for Down syndrome, something like that. But uh, they don't test for the heart. They were no, no, nothing there. Yeah, at 39, especially in the 1970s, that was considered an old mother, and they were probably worried about Down syndrome or some other kind of congenital problem. Yeah, they test that one, but they don't know nothing but her heart. After she go to the Philadelphia Hospital, they test her. That's why they find out she has heart problem. Okay, so you must have been overwhelmed. Here you were in Pennsylvania, so, so far away from home. You didn't speak English fluently, and they came in and told you that your baby had a problem. Was there an interpreter there to be able to tell you in your own language? No, no, that time, no, no. So I speak a little bit English, and they talk to me. I understand a little bit, but uh, that time they trained for her, I can go with them. I have to meet her like uh, one or two days later in the hospital. Right, because you were recovering from having the baby. Yes. Wow. Now, were you able to have the baby naturally, or did they have to do a C-section? Uh, naturally. Wow. Okay, so she was born in Pennsylvania. Yes. They took her away when she was having trouble feeding. Yes. They realized she has a heart condition. Yes. Could they take care of her at that hospital, or did they have to take her someplace else? Oh, they, they sent her to the Philadelphia Hospital. She was born in Pennsylvania. Then uh, they sent her to the Philadelphia Children's Hospital. Okay. Well, yeah. Pennsylvania's a state, and Philadelphia is one of the cities in the state. So what city was she born in? Reading. Oh, she was in Reading. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So how far away is Philadelphia from Reading? Oh, I think about an hour and a half. Oh, wow. Yes. So you were separated by about an hour and a half from your baby right after she was born. Yeah, but after that couple of days, then I go over there. They send me that I live at the McDonald house for a whole week. Then after this weekend, my husband come pick me up. I go home, but I come back on Sunday night because Monday I have to go work. Then I stay at McDonald house $5 a day, something like that. I stay hospital all day and I go sleep at the McDonald house. The Ronald McDonald house is a blessing to so many people. Yes. It really does help a lot. So when were you able to take your daughter home with you? 
all seven half months and after that, and then I take her home before Christmas. Night Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home Tonight Forever. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The opinions expressed in the podcast are not those of Hearts Unite the Globe, but of the hosts and guests, and are intended to spark discussion about issues pertaining to congenital heart disease or bereavement. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. I'd like to start this segment by talking to Lisa, our heart warrior. Lisa, welcome back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here, and I'm thankful that you involved my mother in this quest with us. I know this is so much fun. Your mom is a perfect delight. I so enjoy getting to know her in the first segment. Well, thank you. She enjoyed talking to you, too. She laughs a lot. (laughs) We had fun talking. And I can't wait to meet your daughter in the next segment. But for the listeners who maybe didn't hear your other show, I'll make sure that I have the link to your first show in the show notes. And that's the description of the show. So, Lisa, why don't we go ahead and start by having you tell us what it was like for you to live in the United States, not where your people were from in Vietnam. Wow. Honestly, I didn't know no difference because I was born here and I can hear stories from my parents. But honestly, I don't have cousins because, of course, they're all Mm -hmm. over there. So I grew up as an only child and I have no Vietnamese cousins. So, yeah, I don't know. It's different now that I think of it. When I was little, I didn't think a lot about it. But as I got older and started my own family, I go, oh, wow, I'm missing cousins. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure that that would be really different if you were in Vietnam. You would have probably been surrounded by lots of other children your age, wouldn't you? Yes. So technically, I didn't really have kids around my age growing up that was Vietnamese or anyone who even had heart condition like me that was even American. Right. So it was just me. Yeah. It was just me with a heart condition. Okay. So did your mom try to immerse you in the United States culture or did she try to also immerse you in the Vietnamese culture? Both. Um, When I grew up, we speak Vietnamese at home, but she let me watch American cartoons so that when I start school, I know how to speak English here Mm -hmm. and there. And then when I started school, of course, I come home, I would talk to her half and half. My mom be like, how's your day? I'd be, first, I'll start slow in Vietnamese. Then when I went really fast, I changed it to English. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your mom speaks kind of fast, too. So I think you two were probably doing a good job keeping up with each other. Yeah. So it was both. And then the culture, I eat Vietnamese food. I know how to use a chopstick. And I 
you know, join in in holidays, like the Chinese New Year. I get dressed up for all that stuff like that. Oh, so that's cool. So you were able to kind of live in both worlds. Yeah. And I listened to Vietnamese music and American music. Now, what was it like having parents who were refugees? Did they fit into the culture the way your friend's parents did? Yes and no. So more like my mom understood when I was, I want to say maybe 11-ish to like mid, probably junior high. She was okay with me going to the movies, going here and there. But dad, on the other hand, was kind of like movies at this age. And then he'd be like, oh, well, Vietnamese kids don't go to movies. Do you know how he'll bring that up? Like sometimes during lectures, he'll be like, well, if you were in Vietnam, this and this, it wouldn't be like this. Then mom would calmly say, well, we're not in Vietnam. You know, she was born here and we can't really raise her that way. So, you know, they try to raise me the American way, but also influence the Vietnamese. So in a way, mom was more lenient towards the American way. Dad was still on the culture side. Wow. Well, that's nice, though, because it sounds like they provided a balance for you. Yes, I ended up did having a balance. I mean, at first, dad was getting used to the idea of me, you know, at this age, going to the movies, going to the mall, as in if you were in Vietnam, at that age, you'd be home shelving rice, you know, out in the rice Mm -hmm. um, field, doing home Mm -hmm. stuff with the family. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it really is a very different culture there. We have a very child-centered culture here in the United States, but in Vietnam, even the children are expected to help out. Well, yes, around that age, they should actually be able to take care of their brothers and sisters that are younger than them, do the laundry. And back then, trust me, laundry is not the machine. And the dishes. And of course, if they had one rice field, they would go out there with their parents in the morning and pick up rice, like seeds and stuff, and then come home and clean it out and then make that into rice. Wow. So your parents were kind of in for a shock themselves to see what it would be like for their children. They had no preparation, it sounds like to me, to even know how to raise a child in this country. No, because I think when they met, they already had friends that also came the way they did, but the friends already had kids from Vietnam. So the kids were born there. Mm -hmm. And then during the war, they came here like, I want to say maybe toddler to junior high-ish age. And so they were kind of already born there. Some were already raised there till they were like 10, 11. And then that's when the war. So, of course, they came here at that age. My parents, however, already, like my mom said, in her mid-39, dad was like 41. So they were kind of aging, but also just having a Mm -hmm. child in the United States while they're aging. And then their friends' kids already were like teenagers at that time. Oh, wow. So what was it like being raised as an only child? Do you think that that influenced your decision to have two children? Yes, it actually did. Honestly, what really influenced me is when my dad passed away. And then I thought to myself, well, see, I lost one parent. If I lost the other, I really wouldn't have no one. Of course, my husband and my family. But then in the time, I thought, well, I want to give Serenity a sibling in case something happens to me and my husband. And she would be left alone, like as in me, you know. Right, right. Right, I totally. So that's why I decided to have the second one. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect or CHD community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, 
The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. In the previous segments, we talked to Kim and Lisa, but now it's time to meet Serenity. Serenity is 10 years old, and she's in the fifth grade. She loves reading, animals, online games, and watching Gilmore Girls and Netflix. Her favorite colors are purple and turquoise. She recently started archery. She's a big sister to Sean, has a German shepherd, and a kitten. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna Serenity. Hi. I'm so happy to meet you, Serenity, after having met your grandmother and your mom. So are you ready? No. Oh, you can do this. You can do it, sweetie. Here we go. Let's start by having you tell me about how do you feel about having a mother who has a congenital heart defect? Do you know what congenital heart defect means? Mm, Kind of. I mean, for you, Serenity, it may not really mean anything special because your mom is your mom. Most of us don't think of our moms differently like that. So is that just who mom is? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Now, have you seen your mom without her shirt? Have you seen her scar? Yeah. Yeah? What do you think about her scar? I don't know. You don't know? Because my mom had a mole. Do you know what a mole is? It's a raised Mm -hmm. area of skin. And I used to think that that was just something that made her beautiful. And I found out much later that my mom never liked her mole, but I always thought it was something that made her glamorous. Okay. Serenity, tell me about what your life is like in California. What's a typical day like for you? Lazy. (laughs) Did you say lazy or crazy? Lazy. (laughs) Okay. Right now, we're recording this session during COVID. So it's not a typical time, is it? Are you still staying home from school or are you able to go to school? I'm at home. You're at home. Okay. So that probably contributes to it being a little bit lazy, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. So do you spend a lot of time watching television? Yeah. Yeah. So you're not out in a rice paddy picking rice like your grandmother had to do when she was a little girl, are you? No. No. You have a very different life than what your grandmother did, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. What are your favorite things to do? Play with my cat. That's a fun thing to do. And I saw you have a German Shepherd, too. Do the cat and dog get along? Uh, sure. Do they? Well, that's good. That's surprising. A lot of times cats and dogs don't get along. But since you got her as a kitten, do you think that's why she gets along okay? Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Have you been to Vietnam, Serenity? No. Do you want to go? Yeah. Yeah? What would you want to see if you could go to Vietnam? My cousins. Of course. Yes. That would be fun. How old are your cousins? Um, They're old. They're older than you. <laughs> but it would be nice to see some other people who are related to you, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to see the place where your grandmother was raised as a little girl? Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be really neat. Do you like Vietnamese food? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be kind of fun to go to some of the open air markets and to eat there, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I've seen some beautiful pictures of Vietnam and what the marketplace looks like. It looks fascinating to me. Well, I hope you get a chance to go to Vietnam sometime. I think that would be a really special trip for you to do with your mom and your grandma. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk to your grandmother again. So if you could hear on the phone to your grandmother, that would be helpful. Thanks, okay. Serenity. Okay. <laughs> you give to me already. <laughs> okay. Kim, you must be so proud of Serenity and Lisa. Yes. Was it worth it? I mean, I know you sacrificed a lot to leave your homeland and come to the United States. But looking at your granddaughter and your daughter now, do you feel it was worth the sacrifice? Yes. What's the best part about being in the United States? Oh, I'll come here. We live the free choice. But right now, Vietnam okay, but still a lot of poor people live out there, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can do nothing, huh? but uh, that's okay. Um, my family is okay, but now the people, they live uh, a little bit part in the country, a little bit poor, yeah. Do you want to go back to Vietnam and take Lisa and Serenity to see where you were raised? Yes, I, I plan to go this time, but because COVID, I so I wait go away, then I go back over there. Yeah. Oh, I think it would be a wonderful trip for the three generations. Yeah. You know, for you and your daughter and your granddaughter. I think that would be just lovely. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on the program today and for sharing part of your journey with us, Kim. All right. Thank you, Anna. Okay. You wouldn't talk with Lisa, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, sweetie. Lisa, it was such a delight talking to your mother and your daughter. You are quite blessed, aren't you, to have such lovely women in your life? Yes. Is there anything special that you would want people to know as a heart warrior living with two different generations, you know, living with your mother nearby, living with your daughter? Is there anything special that you would want them to know about being a heart warrior? Wow. Yes, actually, I want them to understand that. For a heart warrior that lives with three generations, it's really special because the mom sacrificed everything to take care of you and then turn around you yourself becomes a mother, even though at the mm-hmm. time the doctor kind of gives you a chance like 50-50 or whatever chance yeah. certain warriors get. Mine was the 50-50. And then now to have my own daughter grow up, it's, I don't know, it's like amazing, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's scary because- sure. What if I wasn't here? What if I wasn't born this way? Then, of course, the outcome would have been different. Or maybe I was born this way and then the 50-50 went a different way. So I don't know. To me, I'm blessed. But also to look back, it's kind of scary for my mother. And then it was scary for me. But then having my daughter, at the time I was giving birth, I was scared. 
But somehow that scared one away after I had her, you know, thinking, oh, what if she has the disease or what if I won't make it giving birth, that kind of scare. But other than that, it's been a wild ride, I should say. Yeah, I bet it has. I bet it has. But you're such a positive person. And I think you must have gotten some of that from your mom for her to leave her war-torn country and take a chance coming to a country where she didn't know the language. It must have been so scary, but she had faith. Yes. She had faith that this country would be better than where she's at. Maybe she could have decided to stay there during the war and hide out. But she took a chance that this will be better. So I'm thinking when she had me and I had CHD, she also had that faith. So whatever faith she had yeah. carried to me when I was sick. Sure, sure. And you're a very positive person and you're putting that onto your daughter as well. I hope so. so. that. Yeah. So she's a delight. She's a delight. So thank you so much for coming on the program, Lisa. I would hope that also with what we do here, we would inspire other Vietnamese to speak up, speak out, and share their story. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Well, thanks, Lisa. Let me say goodbye to Serenity, and then we'll have to say the show is over. I can't believe it. It's happened so fast. Here she is. Serenity, you did such a good job, sweetheart. Thank you so much for coming on my program today. You're welcome. I know it was a little bit scary for you to do this for the first time, but I'm excited that you got a chance to share a little bit of your story. Okay. That does conclude this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today, my friends. Next week on Tuesday at noon Eastern time, I'll have another brand new episode. Until then, please visit us at www.heartunitetheglobe.org or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time.